After the Sabbath, at dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. The angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus, who was crucified. He is not here. He has risen, just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples, He has risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him, now I have told you. So the women hurried away from the tomb, afraid, yet filled with joy, and ran to tell his disciples. Suddenly Jesus met them. Greetings, he said. They came to him, clasped his feet, and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, what can we say about the greatest event in all human history? As a preacher, I never feel like I can give the Easter message justice. Every year, I somehow feel like I have to say something new, something more profound. But the fact is, the story speaks for itself. The resurrection of Jesus actually took place, and that has changed everything. There's a story of a preacher and a theologian of the last century, R.W. Dale by name, and he had been preaching every Sunday for years, and I don't know how many Easter sermons, but one Easter morning as he was putting on the finishing touches on his Easter sermon, it suddenly dawned on him what the resurrection was all about. For you see, for years he preached it, and he believed it intellectually, but it never really became personal to him. It never made the 18-inch journey from the mind and to the heart. And so as he sat at his desk, it finally began to register. Jesus is alive really, truly alive. And he was so shaken by that truth, he left his study, he went out in the street and proclaimed to all the passers-by, Christ is risen, he's risen from the dead. He is really and truly alive. More alive than you and I are sitting here, more real than the chairs upon which we sit. Since such incredibly good news, it's hard for us to fully comprehend it. Of course, lots of people have trouble with the whole idea of resurrection. After all, people don't get raised from the dead every day. We modern types like to come up with plausible explanations. One says that Jesus was just uh, in a coma, drugged, and woke up. Another says that the disciples got all worked up and in their grief they just fantasized the whole thing. Still others say the disciples stole the body. There are major problems with all of these explanations and uh, we don't have time to go into all those things now. But one thing is for sure. 
If Jesus Christ is truly risen from the grave, then life cannot simply go on as usual. There is no way that one can simply accept Jesus as a great teacher, as another philosopher who uh, you know, left some good moral teachings and a nice model to follow if we choose to follow or not. But if he is truly risen from the dead, if Jesus is who he said he is, if he is indeed the Lord of lords and the King of kings, then he stakes total claim upon our lives and we must respond accordingly. It's impossible to follow Jesus casually. If you're with him, then you're all in with him. Like the pastor in his study, when the reality of the resurrection sinks in, when Easter gets into us, when it gets into our mind and it grabs our heart, we are literally shaken to the core. I really like the energy of the story as Matthew tells that story. The truth about Easter, for one thing, ought to fill us with terror. That's right, terror. That was the first effect the resurrection had upon those who first witnessed the event. For fear of him, the guards shook and became like dead men, says Matthew. When the women heard the message from the angel, they ran from the empty tomb with fear and great joy. It was fear and terror that greeted the risen Jesus come back from the dead. It's the sort of fear or terror that one is, feels naturally when one becomes before something that is just incredibly awesome and majestic and holy. It's the kind of fear expressed by the Apostle John in his vision of the risen Christ, which he says, when I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead. It's the terror of knowing that one is in the presence of God himself. Awestruck is perhaps a better word for us. Do you and I realize that because of Easter, Jesus is alive and that he's present in this very room in all his awesome power. Someone has said, if Alexander the Great or Charlemagne or Napoleon were to come into this room, everybody would stand in respect. But if Jesus Christ walked in, we would all fall on our faces in adoration. If he were to walk into this room visibly, physically, would we not all fall on our faces in adoration? Wouldn't we feel at least a little bit weak in the knees, maybe a little trembling? Wouldn't we want to take off our shoes knowing that we are all standing on holy ground? The news of the resurrection was, was greeted with an earthquake and people shaking in their boots. It's indeed an awesome thing to come into the presence of the risen Lord. Well, if Easter first strikes terror in our hearts, that terror quickly gives way to boundless joy. So they left the tomb quickly with fear and great joy and ran to tell his disciples. Joy is the operative word for the day. It's though a, a, a dark cloud has departed, and now the world is a different place. 
The tragedy of Good Friday has given way to the victory of Easter. Weeping has turned to laughter, sorrow to joy, and it was all so unexpected. The women came to the tomb expecting to anoint a dead body, but they were greeted by an angel who said, Do not be afraid, for I know that you were looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. He is risen, just as he said. Such news is almost too good to be true. There is a, a scene in J.R. Tolkien's Lord of the Rings that describes something of the incomparable joy that you and I ought to feel on Easter. And two of the chief characters in the book wake up to a new world after everything seemed utterly lost. Gandalf and Sam. Gandalf, Sam said, I thought you were dead, but then I thought I was dead myself. Is everything sad going to come untrue? What's happened to the world? A great shadow has departed, said Gandalf. And then he laughed, and the sound was like music or like water in a parched land. And as he listened, the thought came to Sam that he had not heard laughter, the pure sound of merriment for days upon days without count. It fell upon his ears like the echo of all the joys he had ever known. But he himself burst into tears. And then as a sweet rain will pass down a wind of spring and the sun will shine out the clear, his tears ceased and his laughter welled up and laughing he sprang from his bed. How do I feel, he cried. Well, I don't know how to say it. I, I feel, I feel, and he, and he waved his arms in the air. I feel like spring after winter and sun on the leaves, and like trumpets and harps, and all the songs I've ever heard. Man, when everything seemed just so totally lost, all of a sudden it's a new world. Isn't that a marvelous description of what happens when Easter truth gets into us? Makes us feel like spring after winter, and sun on the leaves, and trumpet, trumpets, and harps, and all the songs I've ever heard. Easter gives us joy. A great shadow has departed. The sun of righteousness has risen. Jesus is alive. And Easter does something else to us. It not only fills us with joy, but it inspires our courage and hope in our living and in our dying. In the Easter story, the angel gives the report to the women at the empty tomb. Then go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead, and behold, he's going before you to Galilee. There you will see him. That phrase, he is going before you to Galilee, jumps out at me as I read Matthew's account. Galilee is where the disciples lived. Galilee represents ordinary life with all its mundane duties and tasks, as well as its fears and cares and crises. The angel is telling you and me to look for the risen Jesus to be present there, in our own Galilee, in Muckleteo, and Everett, and Linwood, and Edmonds, wherever you and I live, in the midst of everyday life, look for the risen Jesus there. That should fill us with courage and hope. For we no matter 
no matter the crisis, no matter the trial, no matter the discouraging circumstance, he goes before us. He is already there in the crisis by the time we get there. He goes before us. I like the promise of the psalm writer, my God in his steadfast love will meet me. Don't be afraid, says the Lord. I go before you always. Come follow me and I will give you rest. Now think about this. How would our days be different if upon waking and throughout the day we were to remind ourselves the risen Jesus goes before me? What difference would that make in our life if we intentionally remind ourselves of the reality of Easter? The risen Jesus goes before me, believing it to be so. Because the risen Jesus is alive and goes before you and me through life, meeting us there, whatever may befall us, we're filled with courage and hope. We are never alone. He shows us the way. He picks us up when we fall. He strengthens us and comforts us when we need it. He is the fulfillment of that wonderful promise from Isaiah. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. And when you walk through fire, you shall not be burned, and the flames shall not consume you, for I am your Savior. He goes before us in life. And he goes before us in death. The Apostle Paul says, Christ is risen from the dead, and he is the first fruits of those who have died. When you and I die, Jesus will be there to meet us, and he will see us safely through to the other side. You and I can be assured of that, for he said, fear not. I am the first and the last. I am the living one, for I was dead, and now I am alive forevermore. And because I live, you shall live also. He goes before us. through death to life. And because of him, because he conquered the grave, you and I have the promise of eternal life, life now and life forever with him beyond the grave. Our last enemy, death, therefore, ought not to be feared. It has no ultimate power to separate us from the love of God. This morning, I kind of feel like a kid at Sunday school, you know, who perhaps hearing the Easter story for the first time and hearing the story about Jesus' resurrection of the dead, he shouted, God wonders me. <laughs> I mean, what a wonder. What an amazing thing we celebrate this day. The news about Jesus ought to fill us with awe. For we realize the Lord himself is with us in all his power and love, you won't find his bones in a graveyard. He's alive. He's with us today. And so the message for you and for me today is let's let the story sink in. Let it sink in. It's not just another holiday to be with friends and family. I mean, this is the most amazing thing about human history, human life itself. 
Let the story sink in. Let Easter get into you and grab your heart. And if you do, God will fill you with joy and will send you out into the world with a new kind of courage and hope to face your living and your dying. Open your heart and receive the risen Jesus into your life. And if you do, a whole new life will open up for you and you'll never be the same. If you have been among the spiritually dead, you can now be resurrected to a new quality of life. Come alive in him. Let God wonder you. Let's pray. Dear Lord, you have been raised from the dead and that changes everything. The world is different because of you. We sing hallelujah to you, the Lord of lords and the King of kings. We are in awe of all that you have done for us, breaking the power of sin and death, setting us free to live as new people transformed by your love. How we thank you. Forgive us, Lord, when we ignore you or take you for granted. Walk among us and touch our troubled lives and teach us to walk with you. Give hope to the hopeless, strength to the faltering, love to the lonely, consolation to the grieving, faith to the faithless. Let the radiance of your resurrected presence shine upon us as it it shone upon your first disciples and make new persons of us as it did of them. Change us from frightened, hesitant, uncommitted followers into people of courage and hope who know what they have seen and will follow you with great passion no matter what. Live in and through us. You alone have the words of eternal life. Lord of Calvary and the empty tomb, we greet you. And may we leave this place new and different people who truly know the power of your resurrection and live to the praise of your glory. Amen.